welcome to today's edition of the Bridge Club podcast. I'm David, and with me is... Chini, welcome, guys. Today's podcast, we're looking at three really interesting stories. The first is Netflix ordering a docuseries on the crypto laundering couple. The second is about a YouTuber who exposed an NFT scam before it went too far. And the last one, and my personal favorite, is Binance's $200 million investment in Forbes. So, Chini, do you want to take the first story? Yeah, yeah. So, um, Netflix has apparently decided to do a docu-series or another docu-series on, on these scammers. I think we talked about this last time. This couple that has um, stolen about 200, um, or, or, no, rather 120,000 Bitcoin and tried to liquidate it and in the process got caught. Um, David, what do you think about this, about the couple and the Netflix story? It's just it's just really crazy to me how people can even attempt to do these things. So, for example, mm-hmm. this story was as reported by the New York Times. The One of them is called Ilya Lichtenstein. The other is Heather Morgan. Mm-hmm. They were reported in relation to a 2016 hack of a Bitcoin virtual currency exchange. And they are alleged to have stolen 220,000 Bitcoin assets. The audacity, like the sheer audacity of someone or two people to even think of it. And then going ahead to do it is really crazy. And the yeah. so, and how they were able to do that was by creating fake identities and online accounts, fake online accounts to buy physical gold and NFTs. Again, this doesn't look good for crypto. That's that's so again, when I see stories like this, that's always what comes to mind. Like how often are we going to be seeing like this? How often are things going to be happening? Because human behavior is constant, right? We we can't stop people from doing certain things because if I mean if people have been behaving a certain way over hundreds of years, then we can assume that it's either impossible or extremely difficult. That now means we have to take all these things into account when we are designing products or when we are designing systems to ensure that they don't happen again. But I I, I suspect that the the security or the maybe the trust the trust system is not yet up to the level that we would like it to be. That's why things like this keep happening because this is one story out of several. Some have gotten reported, some haven't gotten reported. But if, I mean, over, over the course of human history, people have been dishonest. Whether you subscribe to maybe a creation story where you believe one of the things that happened in the Bible was when someone, one guy betrayed and killed his, his brother. Or you, you, maybe you don't subscribe to that. Maybe you believe in evolution. It's just, it's just a, a fact that over the course of human history, People have been dishonest. They have attempted to steal from others. They've been, they've attempted to defraud others. And so, if we are going to build a system that is supposed to be the financial, that's supposed to be the future of the financial um, system that we currently have, then we have to, we have to put this thing into account. We have to take them into account and then actively build to solve and make sure it doesn't happen again. We're not trying to reduce or minimize it. We're trying to make sure it doesn't happen again. If not, 
it's going to look like crypto is consistently shooting itself in the foot. That's what I think about this story. Mm. I think so. I'm not convinced that this is really like a crypto problem, if you understand mm. what I mean. So okay. my own thinking is that just because of how new crypto is and like what the ecosystem is like and how, you know, like most of the people that are in crypto right now are, are generally crypto evangelists and like all the people looking in from the looking from the outside are like really skeptical. It seems like whenever there's like a um, a scam story, it seems like, you know, a lot of there a lot of scam stories compared to like um you know regular stealing um i i just my thinking is is really just that these stories become really popular because it's crypto and not necessarily be, necessarily because you know there are a lot of scams in crypto so what i mean by that is like there's every day people are stealing millions of dollars from banks. They're stealing millions of dollars from, um, from people in general, like just, you know, scamming a lot. And that doesn't come to the media. Like a lot of people are losing money and it's not like it has nothing to do with crypto. But I think once crypto gets involved, it gets a lot of media attention. And I feel as a way to like verify that, okay, yeah, crypto is related to fraudulent activities. I think that's why these stories become obviously this this story in particular where it's like is up to i think 3.6 billion dollars is like an a, a different kind of situation where that is definitely a lot of money but my 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 thinking is really that a lot of these like stories hit the media and become really popular because it's related to crypto so i think it's just a way for skeptics to kind of say um you know crypto is fraudulent and is is them kind of like just verifying what they already think i don't i i really I'm, I'm i'm hesitant to think that it's really a crypto problem you know i think i read somewhere a couple of weeks ago that um i i don't know if this is actually accurate but i read that um out of all the um transactions that are being performed around the world only one percent is um are scams like so my thinking, if that's true, my thinking is that, you know, like this, uh, this, this coming is always going to exist, but it's not a crypto problem. That's what, what I think about that. I think, I think, so that's a good point. Um, where I'm, where I'm coming from and how I'm seeing this is, first of all, the whole idea of the blockchain and crypto is built around trust and stability. Yeah security if if that is cryptos let's 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 use the word value right if that's if those are cryptos core values um trust security do you understand if if that is the entire selling or if those are part of the entire selling point of crypto or the essence of crypto then it doesn't matter this is my opinion it doesn't matter if it's one story or two stories or three stories as long as stories like this continue to get out, it's they they weaken the the credibility, and I'm not saying of specific yeah. crypto exchanges or of crypto companies, but they weaken the credibility of crypto's narrative as a solution to existing problems. Things like we are now trying to we're now trying to create a new system. And it's almost like we are importing the same types of problems or the same types of issues 
that the current system has. So that's where I'm coming from. So I think that mm -hmm. this this may not this particular story is I mean stories like this are often the exception. They are not the norm. And the way mainstream media covers crypto is really interesting. Which I mean, it's, it's very curious. It's it's curious to me how. Well, I'm very curious about why Netflix thinks this is even something worth ordering a docu-series on. It says a lot about how the mainstream media or the established media thinks about crypto, which will bring us to another point that we're going to talk about later, which is um, Binance's investment in Forbes. But even before we get there, it says a lot about the mainstream media, how they cover crypto, how they're always so happy. Let me use that word in quotes. Always happy in air quotes to cover these kinds of stories. It's like an I told you so moment. Hey, look at, we, we warned you guys about this particular uh, technology that you say is revolutionary and new, and look at where it's gotten us. But anyway, let's not dwell too much on, on, on this story. Um, we have another one that is a, lo is a lot more positive than this one, which is Coffeezilla. It's one of my favorite YouTubers, by the way. He exposed um, an NFT scam, or he exposed some NFT scammers before they were able to make $20 million. So basically what happens is um, Kofisila has a YouTube channel where he digs deep into online scams, a, a, a lot of stories on all these uh, motivational speakers and co who claim to have a, they have a secret to sell via their courses. But it's really just them selling people the idea that's how they now make money. Do you understand? So that's how a lot of this, um, a lot of his stories are. But this particular story, he digs deep into a, a an attempt to scam using Squiggle's NFT project. So this project, this project was trying to defraud unsuspecting investors. So basically, what Coffeezilla did was he discovered a series of fake wallets created by one person who has been buying the Squiggle's NFT. And all those wallets translated to fake millions of dollars, right? And basically, they, they, were, they, were, they were creating fake wallets and fake money to buy um, an NFT on OpenSea. But OpenSea says that the, the NFT has been delisted. But I'm wondering now, and Chini, I would like to hear your take on this. I'm wondering, what would have happened in a situation where Coffeezilla didn't uncover this before it blew up? What do you imagine would have happened? I want to be that somebody else would have discovered this, discovered it. Um, that's what I would like to believe. But um, I mean, the the alternative is just is very grim because it just means that they would have gotten away with it. But I'm really curious. Like, what I'm really curious about is like you know they put in so much effort into this scam. I just feel like. If they had put in the effort into making this the NFTs legitimate, they, like the NFTs could have still gone like really crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like they've gone and hired employees. They've they've gotten an office. What else did they do? They did a couple things. Um, they did fake giveaways as well. Like I just think like you know that much effort could have made you know it could have been directed into something positive and actually um made the 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 NFTs actually prof profitable. True, true. And that brings us to our last story for today. Binance is investing $200 million in Forbes. 
do you want me to take that because I, that's that's that's, that's yes that's my favorite story for today so so basically forbes plans to go public on the new york stock exchange later this quarter and they're doing this through a spark special purpose acquisition company and they're trying to raise 600 million 200 million they've raised from the trust account of the their partner the, the partner is called magnum opus so they've raised 200 million dollars from their trust accounts, that's trust accounts. And they're trying to raise extra, or they were trying to raise extra $400 million of shares through private individual, um, private individuals and institutions. Now, Forbes is adding $200 million to the $200 million that they've already raised. And in some ways, it looks like an acquisition. I don't want to say it is an acquisition because $200 million versus 600 million is, I mean, that's like 30% or 33%, 33.3%. So that's not that's not everything, but it's a significant investment in something that is going public soon. And one of the reasons why the Binance CEO, uh, the Binance CEO says that one of the reasons they did this was to help Forbes transition from Web3, from Web2 to Web3 and incorporate a lot more Web3 and crypto concepts into their operations. I think that's a possible explanation. But I think the real, the real story here is that Binance realizes that crypto now needs to go mainstream. And this circles back to us, what we're doing at, at Bridge. Crypto needs to be simpler to the average person. That's what I think this is really about, getting more people interested in crypto and getting more people to understand what crypto really is and how it can impact their lives. I think that's the real motive for this investment. And I think it's, it sort of validates what we are doing at Bridge, which is we're taking abstract crypto concepts, we're taking them to people who are curious about crypto, we call them crypto curious people, and we're breaking these things down making it easy for people to understand, making it easy for people to engage with, which is sort of what we're trying to do on this podcast, right? We're taking things that the average person may not be really interested in and trying to tie them to, to things that we're already familiar with. I think that's the next level for crypto, just going from being a niche product or something that a lot of people like and or some people like and a lot of people hate because trust me, there are a lot of people who don't get it and so because they don't get it, they don't like it. Going from that point to a, a point of wider adoption, I think that's really the, the motive for this investment. Yeah, and I, 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 re I agree with you completely. And I do think like that's a fabulous idea, um, what they're trying to do with like making crypto mainstream. I also feel like I have a, a little bit of a cheeky opinion of this um of the of Binance investing. Yeah. Um I feel you know, like Binance has had a lot of institutions um breathing down their neck lately, um, just mm -hmm. with like regulations and they've been accused of facilitating some fraudulent transactions mm. with crypto. And I mean, obviously, we don't know what's really going on on the inside. And I don't know if they've done their investigations and how true it is or how untrue. But I, I feel like, um, you know, the publicity hasn't been great for them. And what they could potentially be trying to do now is, you know, like frame their own story. And I think like obviously investing in a global media company like Forbes is the greatest way to, to shape your media perception. So that could That's potentially be one of the ways.
that they're trying to do that. That's a very good point, actually. That's a very good point. I think it's I think it's plausible. Again, we don't know what's going on inside. Yeah, exactly. right? But I think it's it's a plausible explanation. Yeah. That's it, guys, for today's podcast. We hope we hope you enjoy it, listening to it as much as we've recording. Chini, any last words? Well, hopefully not last words. <laughs> but thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Um, tweet at us. Tell us how you felt about the podcast today. Um, if there's any stories or anything you'd like us to talk about in the um, during the podcast, please let us know. All right. And again, as always, if you disagree with our takes, let us know. Tweet at me directly at David Ayadeleke. <laughs> you don't have to tweet at the Bridge account, but you can tweet at me or send me a DM. This is what I disagree with, and I'll be very happy to have a conversation with you. Next time. Peace. Bye.